Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Rochelle, and this is the Bay Area Podcast here on the Bleed Podcast Network, the Bay Area's number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in your favorite directory, Spotify, Google Play, Citra Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. You can find me personally at Rochelle Radio on Twitter. On this week's show, we'll be talking about some NFL football as the San Francisco 49ers have a matchup over the next few days. Before we do all that, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsor. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on the football field once again. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more props, odds, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football-related. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back, everyone, to the Betting Barrier Podcast here on the Bleed Podcast. And now, before we went on break, we previewed what we're going to move into this week's show. Once again, talking about the San Francisco 49ers and their upcoming matchup with the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday afternoon. However, before we do that, we're going to quickly recap how we did last week, and we bounced back quite nicely. We ended up sweeping the board, went 2-0. and We had the Niners covering the spread, and we also had the under in that game, and the Niners won that one 30-10. Jacksonville, awful football team. We already knew that. Even though Urban Meyer is supposedly an offensive genius, we were looking at their numbers so far this season, and we know that Lawrence has been a mess. The ground game hasn't been great. And defensively, they had the great game against the Bills, but as a whole, really not a great unit. And the Niners, after that big showing against the Rams, uh, duplicated that level of success with another victory in blowout fashion against the Jaguars. So the Niners have been playing well. They're 5-5, five 4-1 and five, four and one on the road, and 1-4 and four at home. But to go through the actual numbers here, Garoppolo did what he was supposed to do once again, another game plan of run the ball a lot and – Make sure Garoppolo doesn't do anything stupid. He missed a really wide-open Jeff Wilson on a potential touchdown in the first quarter, which ended up turning into a field goal drive instead. Wilson was wide open by about, I don't know, 10 yards. But either way, Garoppolo finished 16-22, 176 yards, two touchdowns, and no picks, QBR of 80. He was fine, game manager role. That's what I said he needs to do. And the Niners seem to fully be embracing the importance of the ground game with this offense. But speaking of the ground game, you ended up having – Jeff Wilson really do nothing with the bulk of the carries. He had 19 carries for 50 yards, which is 2.6 yards per carry. Uh, Trey Sermon had 10 carries for 32. However, the best running back on the team was star wide receiver Debo Samuel, who had eight carries for 79 yards and one touchdown. I mentioned in the podcast last week that you did see that against the Rams, and he had some success in some small amount of touches from the backfield, and I expected the Niners to go back to it because it worked so well the first time. And I'm assuming you'll see Samuel get a couple of carries in this Week 12 game because he's been really good behind that offensive line with the ball in his hands. But looking at the receiving core, Debo Samuel actually didn't do anything in the passing game. He had one catch for 15 yards. 
But leading the way was Brandon Ayuk, who had seven catches for 85 yards and a touchdown. So he has been looking better since the bye. George Kittles looked really good since coming back. He only had 34 yards, but he did have a touchdown, which was an important catch in that game. But besides that, really nobody else did anything. You didn't need to because the Niners went up 20-3 to at the half, and they coasted, which is what they should do against bad teams. But to go through the defense, uh, Lawrence ended up getting sacked three times. Uh, they were pretty much mainly by Bosa, who had two of them. Bosa was nuts in that game. Three quarterback hits, three solo tackles, two sacks. He was great. Arden Key had the other sack. As for the actual turnover differential, really not much to report there in terms of interceptions, but the Niners did force two fumbles. So that definitely helped stall out some drives. And I do think that the Niners defense seems to be rejuvenated after a pretty underwhelming start to the season, especially against uh, Colt McCoy in that letdown game. But Colt McCoy also torched Seattle's defense. So maybe Colt McCoy is actually just not that bad. But to go through the Vikings week 11 results, they actually picked up an impressive home win against the Green Bay Packers. And that game was a nail biter throughout. Minnesota was up six at the half, up six after three quarters. And then you had a bunch of alternating touchdown drives. Uh, the Vikings took the lead, got the two-point conversion. Then Green Bay scored immediately on the first play to Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And then Cousins threw an interception, but it was dropped upon review. And they ended up making use of that second life and leading the Vikings to a game-winning field goal uh, to end the game. So, Going through the actual numbers there, the defensive numbers are not pretty for Minnesota, but you're also against Aaron Rodgers. So I'll go through that in a second. But offensively, Kirk Cousins was really good. 341 passing yards, three touchdowns, no picks, QBR of 77.9. So he was solid. Uh, he should have had an interception in there, probably should have lost the game, but that's why the guy's playing defense and not offense because he dropped it and hit him right in the hands. But Dalvin Cook was okay. 22 carries, 86 yards, one touchdown. 3.9 yards per carry, though, is okay, not great. Also at 29 receiving yards. So anytime you can go for over 110 all-purpose, that's a pretty solid afternoon. Jefferson was nuts, though, as he had 169 yards and two touchdowns. He was great. Thielen was very good as well, 82 yards and one touchdown. Uh, Conklin had three catches for 35, but that was basically the gist of the offense. So Cousins looked really, really good. And the Packers only recorded two sacks against them. I expect the Niners to dial up a bunch of pressure, try to make life miserable for him. And we know that Cousins, when he's forced to either A, move out of the pocket, or B, just throw off his back foot, he's awful. So I do think that the Niners will send a bunch of pressure at him to get him off of his game. But to go through the defensive numbers, they are not exactly pretty for Minnesota. Green Bay, despite losing, recorded 467 total yards of offense. And on top of that, they also committed no turnovers. So Minnesota's defense did an okay job early on. It also helps when Mason Crosby misses a very makeable field goal by hitting the upright. But Aaron Rodgers, 385 passing yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions, sacked twice, but a QBR of 88.3. The run defense was okay, gave up five yards per carry, but Green Bay really ignored the run because they were trailing for most of the game. And when Aaron Rodgers is doing that well, you don't exactly need to run the ball that often. But Devontae Adams was great. He had seven catches for 115 yards and two touchdowns. Probably the best receiver in the entire game. And Marquez Valdez-Scantling uh, had the huge 75-yard touchdown to tie the game. But he had four catches for a team-high 123 yards. So the point is that Green Bay's uh, banged-up receiving core still ended up having a pretty solid afternoon against Minnesota's secondary. 
and that was a defense that was getting a couple of players back from injury. So that's not exactly a good look when Patrick Peterson comes back and you also get Harrison Smith back and yet your defense still can't stop anybody. So even though they won the game, impressive win by then. It's a game they needed to have to get back to 500. I still have serious question marks about this defense because they really just let Green Bay do whatever it wanted uh, for the entire game, and yet the offense just responded every time, which resulted in the win. But to go through this actual matchup here, I do think this is going to be a pretty fascinating game between these teams because I do think it's going to be a battle of styles because the Niners, we know, like to play a very physical brand of football. They like to run the ball. They like to play defense, get after the quarterback, and they like to hit people hard. Meanwhile, Minnesota, I want to say, is more of a finesse team. In years past with Zimmer, they used to be very, very dependent on Dalvin Cook. This year, he's been pretty good. I can't say he's been amazing by any means, but Cousins has been great. 21 touchdowns, two picks. That's right. Cousins has 21 touchdowns and two interceptions. His numbers are absolutely insane, but you know when games get tough or when he's in prime time, he's not going to play well because he struggled against Dallas's defense and they lost to Dallas with a backup quarterback. But that's going to be the summary of the career of Kirk Cousins, a good quarterback who you probably don't want on your team if you want to make a Super Bowl. But either way, he's done well. The Niners defense, though, has responded over the last couple of weeks. And I do think Cousins is going to struggle because of the pressure that San Francisco can generate from the defensive line. I think Cousins will struggle a bit. I think he'll still go for some yards, but I do think that'll throw a couple of interceptions, maybe to Ward, maybe to somebody else. But I do think the Niners should end up putting a lot of pressure on him. And I do think that the Niners should dominate in the trenches. We saw Green Bay generate a bunch of time in the pocket for Rodgers. I think the Niners will try to do that in the ground game more. But when you have Trent Williams and a bunch of other quality offensive linemen and you have a defensive line, that has struggled against the run, giving up 127 rushing yards per game. I do think that San Francisco should have some success inside the trenches. Mitchell might play. He might not. You still have Jeff Wilson, who wasn't very good last week. But you do have some bodies back there. Samuel should probably have a couple of carries. I personally think that Mitchell's going to play, so he might handle the bulk of it. But the point is Minnesota's defense is a little bit too bad for me to go to the window with them. The betting line right now is San Francisco minus three which I do think seems pretty sharp for what it is because Minnesota has been capable of beating up on some teams. I can't even say beating up. They've beaten some good teams. They beat the Chargers and the Packers. It was a sweat for both games, but they did end up beating some quality opposition. But the Niners really seem like a team that is starting to realize its potential, and it seems like the Arizona loss was a serious gut check that this team needed, and the Niners have responded well accordingly. So for me, I'm going to take the Niners here. I do think that they finally exercise the home field demons when they beat the Rams. I think they'll play well behind the home fans. And in addition to that, I'm going to also go with – this is a really tough call for the total because it's 49, which seems a bit high, but I just criticize Minnesota's defense. I do think that the Niners have a decent chance to score about 27 in this game. So the question is, do I think that the Vikings can score 23? They've done it each of the last three weeks. But you know what? I'm going to take a stand here. I'm going to go with the under. I think the Niners will control the line of scrimmage. I think they're going to run the ball, eat up a bunch of clock. And I do think that Cousins will turn the ball over a couple of times, maybe in plus territory. So I think this is going to be very close. I think it'll be a sweat. But I do think Minnesota's defense will have a bit of a letdown spot after beating Green Bay last week and scoring 34 points. Give me the Niners by the score of 27-17. 
I think it'll be close. I think the Niners will eventually ice it with a Robbie Gould field goal. But I really like the direction this team is heading in. Minnesota is a team that it seems to always hover around 500 with Kirk Cousins. The issue this year is that they actually can't go 500 because they are, of course, playing 17 games this season. But the point still remains. I do think that you will see Minnesota lose a game that they probably will need to win in the grand scheme of things, but I think they're going to come up short. So for that reason, I'm going to take the Niners minus the three and the under 49. That has been this installment of the Betting Barrier podcast. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.